Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour number two on a Wednesday, the world's foremost World Cup soccer expert, Ross Tucker, Filling in for Dan, who's under the weather. Got the call to come off the bench last night from Paulie. He said, absolutely. I don't think I ever started a season opener in my career, but I think I ended up starting 25 games or whatever. So I'm used to this. I'm used to coming off the bench at some point during the season and having to fill in. Uh, You know, I'm 43 years old, and I don't think I realized when growing up that I would at some day in my life get paid to talk about soccer and nutshots for a full <laughs> hour on national television and radio. But here are, oh, and by the way, totally butcher a word, cojones. Where did I even get cajones? Like, where did I even, I have no idea where I even got that. We, we thought uh, you were kidding. We thought you were just having a little fun with the phrase when you said you got hit in the cajones. And we're like, all right, we're kind of, and then someone goes, does he think it's cajones for real? You know what? I think I've heard someone say that recently, like calling the nether regions, the privates, the cajones. Like, I think maybe they were joking, but I forgot about that. I don't know. Here's what I do know. I love everybody watching on Peacock. Love everybody listening Fox Sports Radio. I don't know how many affiliates. There's a ton of them. You can check us out, SiriusXM as well. We are at DP Show on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, and there's nothing I like more than your interaction during and after the show. I check my mentions during the break, so hit me up. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, and evidently I'm like slowly but surely becoming a TikTok star, even though I don't know that I've ever actually been on TikTok. Do you have a TikTok at account? Ross Tucker. Shout out to Intern Jack. 
for that. Um, and I know you got a lot of you listen later on a podcast. Please check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast or the Even Money Betting Podcast if you're into those things. We will get to some calls this hour, 877-3DP-SHOW. You can email us, dp at danpatrick.com. I'm over at rostucker.com. And Clint Dempsey, the perfect guest, will join us. Speaking of pronunciations, by the way, how have you guys been pronouncing the host nation? Yeah, I, I go back to when they first won the the bid, and I remember people on TV correcting people or saying it's it's Cutter. I can remember when it first happened, it was C- Cutter, and then when after the bid happened and they actually got the World Cup, I noticed people saying, "No, it's not Cutter, it's Qatar, Qatar," and that's what I thought it was the past decade. I prefer so, Qatar. This is a true story. I met a guy who's from Qatar. And he said, I'm like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Qatar. And I was like, I thought it was pronounced Qatar. And he said, well, yeah, but a lot of people don't know that. So I just say Qatar. <laughs> so think about that. I think both of them at this point are acceptable. And I might even ask Clint Dempsey in 15 minutes how it's been received over there. I will say this about soccer. The one thing that's really cool about it is when there's either a tie game or a one-goal game, like the last 10, 15 minutes, that's awesome. It's like uh, it's like Stanley Cup hockey playoffs, right? Like when they go to overtime, like that tension of whether or not they're going to score a goal and they're getting so close, that is – like, that is a truly unique and cool thing in sports, Paulie. But did you guys find yesterday, because most times when I'm watching, like you said, Monday Night Football, you're not that engaged. You want a good game. Like, if the Bears are playing, I'm engaged, but they have a bunch of games. They've got 17 games. They're going to lose most of them, but they got 17 games. This is, we haven't been to the World Cup U.S. in eight years. This is a winner go home. I found myself the entire first half almost like with a light stomach ache. Like, it was tense. And then when Pulisic scored, I'm like, it like relieved the tension for a couple minutes. But then the second half, it was just prevent defense. I found it to be like a more of a tense experience than a joyful experience. The end was great. Well, and I'm going to ask Dempsey about this, but I want to ask you about this, Seton, too. So this would never happen. But I feel like if you really wanted to determine who the better team was in soccer, on some level, like if you get five shots on goal, that should be worth like uh, – Point two, you know, because the first half, the U.S. is dominating. Iran didn't have any shots on goal. They didn't have any shots on target or whatever they say. The U.S. had so many, but if Pulisic doesn't score, then it's still nil-nil at halftime. I know that's a stupid idea, but I'm just trying to figure out some way. It'd be like calculating yardage in football. I get that, but I feel like there should be some acknowledgement that like you could have 20 shots on goal and only one goes in or none go in and the other team has one shot the whole time and it goes in. Um, but my question for you, Seton, is did you feel like the U.S. played conservatively and sort of played not to lose at that point and that they should have been more aggressive? Or is it like, listen, at that point, you just got to pack 
get in and do whatever it is to prevent a goal. You don't want to be aggressive on offense, and then you give up a goal. Well, I think that the head coach, Greg Berhalter, is sort of known for doing this. He He's very comfortable with a one nothing lead and then like, all right, let's just sit back and sort of absorb all of this pressure and just defend the one nothing lead, which drives me crazy because it's like, you know, like, no, man, keep your foot on the gas. Like, let's go up 3 nothing. How about 2 nothing? That would be awesome. That would feel a lot better than one nothing. And then just like, all right, just like duck and cover kind of thing. And hopefully we survive this. Um, but that's kind of who he is. That's kind of the way that he plays. But that's my whole thing is like they were they, they couldn't have been more dominant in the first half. Mm. I would have liked the idea of okay, if we still are aggressive, maybe they score, but based on the first half, there's actually a better chance that we get goal number 2 than there is that Iran gets goal number 1, and if we do it this way, we can keep the action on their end of the field and have a good chance to get a second goal. And then maybe we pack it in. Then maybe we really get conservative. But I don't know. It just th- that was a tale of two halves. It totally switched. He seemed to uh, like right maybe earlier than most people were comfortable with. He seemed to pack it in and just go into like a defensive shape way earlier than most people were comfortable for. Maybe it was the entire second half almost. But um, once they started making a couple of subs, you know, there's a little bit of a drop off in quality with this between the starters and some of the subs that come on. And so that was causing things to be a little bit of like, uh, oh, crap. You know, like they couldn't even get possession back of the ball. There were all of these things that just made it feel like it was this avalanche, especially the last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes was just crazy. Ross, do you have the, oh, same, do you have the same feeling when you're watching an NFL game and it's a two-minute warning and you see a team going to that prevent defense instead of the defense have been playing the entire game? Are you one of those guys who says, yes, prevent, that's the way you do it, you keep it in front of you, or you say, Keep the defense that's been working for the first three quarters. That's why you're in the lead. Well, everybody says that, Paulie. Until remember, like when Greg Williams was D coordinator of the Jets <laughs> and they got beat over the top by the Raiders for the game winning touchdown. Everybody says they hate the prevent defense until you give up a 50, 60 yard touchdown in those situations over the top. And you're like, how can you let that happen? That's the last thing you could ever let happen. So I am a believer in don't let the worst thing happen. Like, don't let them have an easy touchdown over the top. Make them earn it. You want to call that prevent defense, you can call it prevent defense, but don't let them have something cheap and deep on you. That's the only way in my mind you really, really look stupid. Here's the other question I have about the game. That that offsides, was it Way that scored the second goal that they took off? Who scored the yeah, second Tim goal? Yeah, mm-hmm. Tim Weah. Tim Weah. Oh, it's Weah? Yeah. I, I just call him Tim Way. Um, I didn't know it was Weah. So that, to me, like that's one where when in doubt, don't don't call the offsides. Well, you're, it's you're almost right. almost like in the NFL, like pass interference or catch, no catch. Like, give him the benefit of the doubt on that. He was even with the guy. Was it like his – I think I saw a picture. His elbow was a little bit further. Like, by the letter of the law, Seton, is that definitely offsides? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it it doesn't look like it to, you know, like pass the eye test as offsides. But then when they start lining up things and, well, it's this part of your body you can use to score and that was the part that was offside and all of this crap, it actually gets a little bit – 
remind you of like, uh, but did he make a football move? You know, that's like about as as NFLish as you know soccer rules get. That part, Paulie. Yeah, if you go back a decade ago, offsides was you know was, they eyeballed it. The referee would look and say there was a clearly pass when the ball was being played in. And now it's like if your elbow and your hip are ahead of you. I thought it should be where your feet are. If your feet match the guy you're with, you're in the same spot. But they, you know, it was really close. It, we, that would be the lead today if USA lost or tied and didn't advance because that was a razor blade. That was a six inches of offsides. Fritzy, you also have to factor in your fandom in that situation because if that was Iran, we'd all be like, how could you not call that? That's <laughs> yep. totally offsides. You've got to go by the rule. And now it's a tie, and now we're not even making it to the next round because you didn't call that. Yeah, but so, like, you know how, like, in the NFL, a quarterback – it's only throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage, illegal forward pass, if everything's past the line of scrimmage, right? Like if everything's yep. past the line of scrimmage, you can actually have your feet, your other arm, everything. But when you go back, if you're like this and something's still touching the line of scrimmage, then it's not an illegal forward pass. I almost feel like um, when I invent my own soccer league that <laughs> it shouldn't be offsides unless like – your whole body is clearly in front of the guy. Like, if you're even with the guy, if you're pretty even with him, give him the benefit of the doubt. We need more goals, dude. We, we More scoring is more exciting, more interesting. It'd be funny. This way in the U.S. It'd Paul. be funny if, uh, if like, the Canadian Soccer League started adopting all of these weird rules and just changed the game a little bit like they do in football. <laughs> yeah, That think, would be amazing, Paul. I think you're right, Ross. It'd be better for soccer if it was more loose. But I could see it going the opposite way in the NFL embracing this type of technology because someday there'll be a playoff game where a quarterback goes over the line. They'll say, he was over the line. No, he wasn't. How can you tell? Well, we have all this technology available. They do it in Europe. Why don't we do it? Next thing you know, in like 2026, there's going to be that specific digital technology with a chip in the ball. I'll bet you this happens three or four years from now in the NFL. 877-3DP-SHOW is the telephone number. Any And do we have any callers that want to get in here, Paulie? Oh yeah, we got uh, we got a couple, but we're, it's nutshot stories only, so I think people are a little hesitant to call in. Oh, all right. Uh, well, all right. Yes, Seaton. I didn't. I don't have a great nutshot story, but I did one time when I was in high school. Uh, I think it was after baseball practice. I think is where it might have happened, but I just didn't realize it. But one of my testicles twisted, and it was unbearable on its own. On its own? I, I think so. Something happened. I think it was a baseball practice. I'm not exactly sure, but one of them twisted, and it was agony. It was unbelievable pain. Like I was throwing up. It hurt so bad. It was abs. It was pure hell. I know a uh, a recent athlete that that happened to a high school athlete, and he couldn't play for a while. It was like I think he. I don't know if he had to have surgery for it or not, but it was like a serious injury. Yeah, Marvin. Twisted testicle. Is that a band? Yeah, they open yeah, yeah we're not going to take it. They open yeah. for rust, they open for rusted root. So I don't have um see I don't have a a, a great nutshot story, but I do remember my first play ever in varsity football. It was actually a scrimmage. So it's the fir- it's the scrimmage you have right before the season starts. I'm in 10th grade, I'm playing linebacker. We're playing Pottstown High School, and they run a sweep. And I'm middle linebacker, and I'm running over there to make the tackle. I get blindsided 
and I get the wind knocked out of me. My first play ever of varsity football, and the dude went 80 yards for a touchdown, and I'm just laying yeah. on the ground, doubled over, like, <sighs> like I can't breathe. And, and the coaches, for a scrimmage, the coaches are on the field. So my coaches are like, Coach Hartman's like, get up. Get up. I'm like, I'm dying. I, I couldn't even talk. And, like, it was my first play. My first impression is I get blindsided. I, I get the wind knocked out of me and give up, like, an 80-yard touchdown. I was like, whoa, varsity football is no joke. Marvin? Did you question going back to soccer after that play? <laughs> no, I did not because I had been playing. But, no, that's a very, very, very – Fair question. Let's get to Jordan in Texas. I promised we would get to uh, we would get to a call. So let's do it. What's up, Jordan? What's up, Ross? Good to talk to you, man. Uh, Cornell football class of two thousand three here. So I love. I love oh, talking to you, nice, very nice. Welcome yes, to the man. family. Yes, thanks, man. And that you know what, my Ivy League degree is not even my biggest accomplishment. It is when I was ten years old. I was riding uh, a four wheeler down the street in my neighborhood, and the steering column broke. Uh, I hit a brick mailbox head on, uh, shattered every bone in my face, but I knocked both of my jingle bells back up through the canal into my stomach. Um, had to had to have surgery. I was in the hospital for about four weeks. Uh, they had to cut me open. They had to cut my stomach open and pull them down. They had to cut my sack open and pull them down. And uh, to this day, I think I'm still in the University of Texas Medical Journal. That was the first time they had seen both of them get knocked back up like that. Legend. Holy cow. Legend. By the way, I like Jingle Bells. Add that to the list. We got to be double digits at this point. Add Jingle Bells to the list. That is – well, I I just don't know how – like I'm trying to picture the impact and how you have to have the impact that both your boys – Go looking for cover. Go uh, go 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 inside. Yes. And, and that oh. seems like an emergency room thing. That's not like where you make an appointment. It's like, hey, a week from Tuesday, I'm going to come in and deal with this. That's right to the emergency room, that one. That's no joking around. Oh, yeah. Well, at that point, what are you more afraid of? Shattering every bone in your face or the potential lifelong loss of your balls? <laughs> Oh, the ultimate question. We've done that on this show many times, that question. (laughs) That would be a better poll question, I think. (laughs) What's more important to you, your face or your testicles? One might affect the other. Yeah, they both affect each other a lot. Could always wear a mask. You've got to have use of the other stuff. All right. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna ask Clint Dempsey that, but who knows? We got a we got a real theme going so far on the show. Clint does an awesome job. I was watching him yesterday on Fox Sports. Obviously, longtime soccer star in the USA. Bunch of questions. For him. We'll talk to an actual expert, not just one who plays one on Peacock when we return. 18 minutes past the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride. From pandemic to inflation, you could use a break. And if your business has five or more employees and managed to survive COVID, 
you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. This isn't a loan, it's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. Go to GetRefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys they have put together are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned a billion dollars to businesses. And they can help you too. They do all the work, no charge up front, and simply share a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify for those uh, who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had an increase in sales. Find out if your business qualifies. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax rebate is only available for a limited amount of time, so don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, this is wild. This is cool. I'm having a blast. I never thought I'd be on Dan Patrick's show talking about soccer and hits to the testicles. But here we are having a blast doing <laughs> and getting a chance to interview someone like Clint Dempsey. You've done an unbelievable job, by the way. Awesome job as a studio analyst for Fox during the World Cup. Saw him yesterday after the game. Did a terrific job. By the way, Clint, where are you right now? We're at the Fox set here in uh, Doha, Qatar. Oh, that looks awesome, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. It's Ross Tucker. I got the call late last night that Dan was under the weather, so I'm filling in for him. Former NFL offensive lineman, although, as I mentioned earlier, I was on the why I'm missing under 8, under 10, and under 12 A team for soccer, Clint. So just so you All know, right. not the B team. Okay. I made A team all six years. All right. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I've always wanted to ask you, by the way? you By the way, you might be one of my favorite soccer players to ever watch. Just like the attitude you played with, the aggression. Um, you got I could tell you got some uh, some football player in you. What always blew me away about you, Clint, is that you're from Texas. Like, I guess, yeah. I, you know, knowing what I know, I played for the Cowboys. Like, I'm amazed that you came from Texas because I just don't picture people even being allowed to play soccer in texas how did that happen yeah yeah i mean i grew up in a small town nacogdoches one of the oldest town oldest town in texas and uh was playing everything growing up and i just kind of gravitated towards that sport we had a large hispanic uh population uh in our community and was able to play the game with them and then took my game to dallas to play at the club level but yeah all through high school people were talking trash why are you playing this sport why are you doing that and I guess it ended up working out. I ended up being able to represent my country in the World Cup, three World Cups. Was able to be a captain in one of those World Cups. And, uh, yeah, was able to be a kid for a little bit longer by playing the game that I love. Well, it definitely worked out for you. Thoroughly enjoyed watching you in all those World Cups and thoroughly enjoyed watching yesterday. I live, uh, Clint, I live five minutes from Hershey. I li- Hershey's right down the street. So, obviously, what Christian – has been able to do is very exciting for all of us. Let's just start, though, with the game itself. I just kind of want your overall breakdown of the game yesterday against Iran. Okay, yeah. I mean, going into the third game, uh, we got we got two draws. The first game, you feel like almost it's, it's a draw, but it felt like a loss. We're winning one nothing. We conceded the penalty in the 83rd minutes of Wales. The second game, we got a draw against um, England. Being the underdog, we fought hard and and we showed um, a lot of grit and we had a lot of the better chances we could have won that game. That draw ended up feeling like a win. But the problem you have going into that last game is we only had two shots on goal and where the goal is going to come from. And talking about people who are going to step up, Christian uh, Pulisic was one of the guys that um, when's he going to have his moment, even though he did get the assist in the first game, was he going to be able to, to to get his goal and what a goal he got. Uh, they got us uh, the, the first goal, got us uh, the win. But first half, the whole tournament, I think we played good in every single first half. But two of the 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 second halves, I didn't think we played well. In the Wales game, I didn't think we played well. We sat back. 
We, we absorbed pressure. We conceded the penalty. We got the draw. And the last game, I just felt like the second half, we just sat back, absorbed pressure, and made it stressful for all the American fans uh, watching at home. I just would like to see us be a little bit more, have a little bit more depth in our team. It just looks like when Christian went out, when Weston McKinney goes out, he seems to be having an injury that only allows him to play 60, 65, 70 minutes. And once some players start to come out of that starting 11, you start to see a drop in our team. And also, I think we're still looking for that number nine. I thought Sargent did play well in the last game and with his hold-up play and creating chances. So it'd be interesting to see what we end up doing uh, in, in, the, in the knockout stages versus Netherlands. Well, I appreciate you saying that because as a guy that, you know, as a football player, the second half, I was very frustrated because the first half, we were utterly dominant. So many chances on goal. Even that second goal by way uh, yeah, I thought was borderline on the offside. You'd have to tell me if that yeah. was legit or not. But then the second half, it was like we were just trying to hold on. I mean, we were clearly the better team. I didn't really understand why it seemed like they took their foot. We, we barely even controlled the ball at all in the second half. Yeah, I just think we lost a little bit of the rhythm with Christian not being in there. He's a, he's more of a th- threat and has a better uh, hold-up play and, and being able to take the game to the opponent. Weston McKinney going out um, because of, you know, the, the monitoring his injury that he's come back into the game with. And I thought we made too many defensive changes in the, uh, the 80th minute when you knew that there was going to be a lot of time added on. And even though we saw the game out and the subs looked like they worked, in my opinion, it just – we absorbed a lot of pressure. We put a lot of people in the back. And I think at times people didn't know who needed where. And it was just kind of like certain players came on the pitch. They weren't able to link passes. It almost looked like they were a little bit out of their depth. But at the end of the day, a lot of these guys, it's their first World Cup. The only player with World Cup experience is DeAndre Yedlin. So in, in terms of what this group has been able to do, get out of the group and now have the opportunity to do something special against Netherlands, Hopefully we can get as many people back on the pitch healthy and uh, look forward to uh, making history. Let's talk about the Pulisic goal, Clint, because you mentioned it. Um, obviously, it was awesome that he – you could see him ahead of time, see that there might be that opportunity on the cross and get the, the explosiveness to get past the defender. Uh, your thoughts on his goal and, in, in particular, the injury he suffered because – We've been yeah. talking a lot. I mean, it was very clear to me that he took a knee to the nuts right when he scored the goal. Has that ever happened to you? Is that a common thing in soccer? I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen. You know, I broke my nose, <laughs> broke my jaw, you know, broke both my wrists. I mean, you, you're going to you're gonna put your body on the line. Uh, good things will happen, but sometimes bad things happen. But the, the thing that impressed me most about the goal is the 12, 13 passes that led to it. That would have been Spain. Everybody would have been showing all the passes in the buildup instead of just the highlights. So that was good to see how we're changing the way that, that soccer is perceived uh, in, in other countries and, and at home. But, yeah, great ball from Weston McKinney. I think our midfield has been unbelievable this whole tournament. And uh, good ball to Sergino Dess, who, who gets the ball across uh, the, the, goal, the goal mouth. And then Christian having the hunger, smelling it out, putting his body on the line, and, and really giving us that moment, his moment, that, you know, adding to his legacy of what he's been able uh, to do in this game uh, for, for our country. So hopefully he'll get back. I'm hearing it's a, a pelvic contusion. And, um, you, you know, he was all happy spirits. Uh, it showed some videos of him after the game. So hopefully they're able to, to manage that and he can get back on the pitch. 
What about the the goal by Wea on the offsides? I guess first of all, did you yeah. agree with the offsides call? And then just a more general question: Do you think that that should be the rule that like if any part of your body is in front? Because I mean, he seemed like he was pretty even, man. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you. I made that point to Alexi, and he's like, "Where do you draw the line? Are you either pregnant or you're not?" And I'm like, "Well, if anybody knows about being pregnant, it's me, my family, because we've had dang six kids, but." For me, I feel like if half of your body is in, in line with, with the other player, that like in baseball, I feel like the tie should go to the runner, right? You want to see more goals. You want to see more exciting things that happen on the pitch. And for me, I agree with you. I would like for that to be the case, but it isn't. If any part of your body is ahead of the other person, like if you're running a race, well, then it's going to be an all-size call. They got it to the, with the technology now that they can show that line. But I'm with you. I'd like to see if it's close, let it go with the attacking team. Love it. That makes me feel better. I'm, that, I feel better about that now. All right, let's get into the Netherlands now. What do we need to know? I've seen some of the odds on DraftKings and other places that it seems like we're a pretty heavy underdog. Do you agree with that and yeah. why? Yeah, I mean, I think so in terms of the World Cup experience that we have, but I, I think this feeds this team feeds off being the underdog because you look how they played against England. They They were the underdog in that match, but I think they had the better chances, to be honest with you, and it looked like we could have won that game. Um, things to watch out for with this uh, Netherlands side, obviously Virgil van Dijk in the back. He's going to be tough to break down. Um, He's he just a strong presence there in the midfield. You got De Jong that plays at Barcelona. But I think our midfield will be able to nullify that. But also you got to watch out for Gakpo and Depay. Depay now is coming back into the team, being more fit. Um, he's contributed probably, what, 42 goals in, in uh, 83 games that he's played for his coach. He's averaging a goal a game. He had a part to play in both of the goals they scored in their last game. And then Gakpo, he's the player that scored in every single game of the group stage. So we're going to have to figure out a way to, to calm him down and, and calm him down and not let him stay on the fire that, um, the hot streak that he's on. So be aware of those guys. But I think, hey, we got as good as chance as any against this team. And long as we have our players fit, I like our fighting chance. Make sure you check out Clint. Daily on Fox and FS1's FIFA World Cup tournament coverage, leading all the way up to the gigantic round of 16 match for the U.S. men this Saturday morning versus the Netherlands. Live coverage starts on Fox at 9 a.m. Eastern from Qatar with kickoff at 10 a.m. Eastern. Can't wait. Clint, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you, bro. Take care. There he is, Clint Dempsey. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't know if I have a ranking of like my favorite U.S. men's soccer players ever, but he's up there. That dude played with an attitude. That guy played with a passion. I'm a big fan of that guy. Yeah, Paulie? I, I think your street cred in the soccer community just went through the roof. He just called you bro, first of all, at the end, which he doesn't throw bro around a lot. He's a very terse guy. You know, he's a very stiff guy, but he's, he was great with you. He totally agreed with you on the offside thing. You guys were broing out. Yeah, he wants me like – my my rule that I just made up. I didn't want to tell him the other rule about if you get a bunch of shots on goal that you get yeah. you get pieces of the that would not have played well. That would have played well, but you were smart. You adjusted. He loved that you made the eighth uh, eight and under team and why I'm missing. You know, he he didn't dismiss that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I don't know how to tell you yeah. this, but up until I was 11 years old, I played soccer. It's awesome. It's a fun sport, and we are moving on. Speaking of moving on, by the way. It's basically midseason of the NFL, maybe a little bit past it. So we got to get some NFL talk in. We'll have Florio as well as Marcellus Wiley next hour. 
And Paulie's making me give out my midseason awards. I didn't even know I had homework. He calls me last night oh, to yeah. fill in for Under the Weather Dan, and then he gives me homework. I got to give my midseason awards. Is that what we're doing, Paulie? Yeah, we run a tight ship here, man. It can't just be nut shots and soccer all day. <laughs> midseason NFL awards when we come back 37 minutes past the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety so now i'm coming out with a new podcast unbreakable a mental health podcast with jay glazer where each week while we talk about mental health i hope to describe it give it words listen to unbreakable with jay glazer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you and when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So speaking of soccer, since that's been a big theme of the show, before I get into my midseason or at least NFL season so far awards, I'm seeing Joe Pompliano, who's a good follow on Twitter, is saying that Cristiano Ronaldo has received an offer from Saudi Arabian club Al Nasser. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Gosh, this has not been my day in terms of having things to pronunciate. Um, I know it's Iran now, by the way. I guess I was saying Iran. It's Iran. At any rate, $207 million a year <laughs> yeah. is what Ronaldo's been offered. $207 million a year. That's $4 million a week, $567,000 a day. 24000 an hour, every hour, $400 a minute. Yes, Pauly. When you look at that, it seems like a no-brainer. You take the money. But there, there's a guy who's been on the world stage playing relevant soccer on worldwide TV forever. My guess is those games would be hard to find on television, and he'd basically be going away. It's almost like joining a live tour. You're not, you're not going to be seen again as far as the world stage for soccer. You're going to get paid four times, maybe ten times what you get. You know, he may go to the MLS. People said maybe he'll go to the MLS someday and play in Los Angeles or somewhere. But you can't even touch them that kind of money with MLS. No, I I thought I had read that he might go to Miami or something and play in the MLS. Or maybe that was Messi. Yeah, that was Messi. That's going might go to the Miami play in the MLS. I don't know. Everybody has to decide, I guess, what's important for them at some point. Seaton? It's got to be so strange though if you're somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo, who's one of the greatest players of all time. And nobody wants you. Like right now, he can't get anybody to. It ended really poorly at Manchester United, and he's sort of been offering his services all over the world to all of these top clubs. Even Real Madrid, they were just saying, "No, I could take like a six-month loan." And he's trying to find just a home anywhere. Bayern Munich said no. Everybody is saying no except for uh, this one insane offer. It, it seems okay, great. so now you got to explain that to me and ninety-five percent of people listening. Why doesn't anybody want him? Because he's older and he's too expensive and you have to, when you bring on somebody like him, sort of like a, a, such a worldwide superstar, you sort of have to cater to him. You know what I mean? He's expecting the ball at his feet all the time. He's expecting uh certain treatment. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know that people. And they don't, and they don't want to do that. I don't think that people want to do that at this point. It's basically like when Brady was a free agent and there was only like two teams that wanted him, yeah. which seems so stupid after they won the Super Bowl. But really, the Bucks and the Chargers were like the only teams that really wanted them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because people didn't want to build. People didn't want to build around a forty-three-year-old guy or whatever that they thought was kind of at the end of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Tom Brady, let's go through these, Paulie. Hit me up with what you want. I did not write this down. I did right. not give this a whole lot of thought. That fits in well with this show. I'm going to give you my my best guess off the top of my head. This is basically your so far All-Stars. Like We're basically a little bit past the halfway point of the season, past Game 10. Right now, where if you were had a vote, not who will win it, your vote, the NFL MVP. Patrick Mahomes. What, what I think is more interesting than that, actually, what I think is more interesting than Patrick Mahomes' MVP 
is that two and three for me would be Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungabayaloa. Is it? That's what's wild. It's not wild that Mahomes is the MVP so far. He's been awesome. But the fact that a guy's that this offseason, this offseason, four months ago, like August, there were a lot of questions about Tua, Tungavailo, and Jalen Hurts, and now they're like two and three in my MVP vote. That's wild. Yeah, you could find a lot of articles in August that the quarterbacks, the biggest quarterback on the hot seat was Tua. It was hands down. We talked about it here. And Hurts, people liked him, but they didn't know if they loved him. And they said maybe the Eagles have a great roster, but not a great quarterback. All right, next one. The NFL's most disappointing player this season. The player who did the least. or I mean, is it even close with anybody else with Russell Wilson? Is it even debatable? Yeah. No debate. Well, he's going to win something. Marvin? I almost called you DP. Ross, they're so bad. Uh, the N- NBC flexed out a Patrick Mahomes primetime game. That's nuts. Because they were playing the Broncos. That's how bad Russell Wilson and the Broncos have been this season. You flex out a primetime Patrick Mahomes-Travis Kelsey game. So I don't think you think it's even close. Yeah, they flexed into Tua versus Justin Herbert. It's wild. And you think about the fact that it's like he's under contract for a while and they can't get out of it for like a couple years. That's right. I mean, if they were even, if he was even just okay this year, they'd be like a playoff team because their defense has played so well. All right, what's next? All right, your NFL rookie of the year, offense or defense, just overall. Um, I think I'll go. I think I'll go Sauce Gardner. Okay, yeah. for the Jets. I mean, the Jets are a major story, a major surprise team. The strength of the team is the defense, and he's already one of the, I don't know, two or three best corners in the league. I think Sauce Gardner is the answer there. Seaton? He seems like of any rookie, he's really truly playing at an elite level, whereas like his name jumps out right away. Yes, I agree. Like the other guys, Kenneth Walker's doing well for Seattle. Mm. I don't know, there's a bunch of receivers like Olave or Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson. No thank you. And even the other guys on defense, like Aiden Hutchinson's good, but it seems pretty clear that it's Sauce Gardner. By the way, I don't know if I did this or not, but you know when he first got drafted by the Jets, they said his number was like 27 or something, and I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL, how does he not know that he needs to be jersey number one <laughs> and get a, a million dollar endorsement deal with a one steak sauce? Great call. Like, how does he not know that? I saw that tweet by you, and I, that was a you're a big condiment guy, so that was a great play by you. Oh, I by the way, speaking of condiments, I want your opinion on this. Okay, this is big honey mustard. I am of the mindset. No spicy mustard for life. Come on, Marvin. <laughs> you new here, Marvin? Never forget spicy mustard for life. At this stage of my life, I've decided that mac and cheese is a condiment. It is a topping. Oh dear. That you put on top of a protein. Like (laughs) that's me ripping up. That's me ripping up the rundown. My nine-year-old daughter. Like who's like? Oh, can I have mac and cheese for dinner? No, 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 no. I was at the Cowboys game for Thanksgiving. You take the mac and cheese and you place it on top of the sliced ham or the sliced turkey. It's an amazing condiment topping. Would you call like it? a barbecue sauce, <sighs> like and like a gravy, 
like anything like that, or you mix it, you got like pulled pork. Let me just tell you, get some pulled pork, mix it with mac and cheese. It'll change your life. Paulie. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could roll with the condiment, maybe an accompaniment. Maybe it's something that is a, a mixer with all foods that makes foods better. Accompaniment's good. I don't want to call it a side because a side indicates that you eat it on its own. No, false. Mac and cheese is best used in conjunction with a protein. I think we should all know that. All right, what's next? Well, if I could just jump in real quick, and I'm, yeah. I'm sorry because today's going so well, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick a fight or anything, but I've hit the point in life where mac and cheese is only about two, maybe three bites, and then that's it. I don't need any more than that. I'll have like a bite or two, maybe three bites, and then I'm done with it. I don't even want it on my plate anymore. That is because you're eating it on its own. You're eating it as its own entity. You have a separation of church and state. You need to combine the two. You need to combine the pulled pork or the chicken with the mac and cheese. Because then like the bite of chicken, Seton, it's like a cheesy, delicious bite of chicken. It's like cheese chicken. It's amazing. Yeah, and almost if you, you can't even eat like you need at least breadcrumbs in in uh, you got to have breadcrumbs in it just to stand my out. my family now knows like my brother in law sister in law they know that if we're anywhere and there's mac and cheese that bad boy is getting mixed in with my protein whatever the meat is brisket pulled pork like it's all it's going to be a whole big process. Would you put here. that on a hot dog or a hamburger? Like if you go to a ballpark or a stadium, there's never going to come a time where mac and cheese is going to be next to the ketchup and the mustard and the things you'd expect at a condiment section. There will be a time because I'm going to start a company. In our lifetime? I'm going to start a company where people really imagine. Okay, let's say you go up there, you have a hot dog or a hamburger, and you go up there, and your choices are regular yellow mustard, ketchup, or mac and cheese. Oh, wow. What are you doing? If we can put relish on a hot dog, why can't we relish the idea of putting mac and cheese on the hot dog? We can. What other award do I have to give out before I totally change food as we know it? I don't know if we can go back and forth after this. My head is so... All right, uh, most disappointing team in the NFL. Let's say I took the Broncos off it because you already said Russell's the most disappointing player. Most disappointing team. Rams. Rams. I mean, they're defending Super Bowl champs. They're they're second to last in the Ross Tucker Football Podcast power rankings every Tuesday. Team you didn't see being good that is good. Overachieving team. Probably the Jets. I mean, I'm not, like, shocked by the Eagles or the Dolphins or the Vikings. I'm pretty surprised by the Jets. All right, last two. Coach that has hurt his team more than helped his team award. Oh, hack it. Thank you. It's not It's not good if half the awards are the same team. Every negative <laughs> award is the Broncos. Dang. All right, last one. This may bother you because you don't want to hear my vote. The worst uniforms in the NFL currently. Ooh. I don't know. Who do you have? I don't like the Eagles green when they have so many better options. It's too dark. You think that's the worst in the NFL? Texans are boring. It's bland, and they have so many better green colors. The Eagles could be awesome. Wow. We might have to talk about that next hour. Got me fired up right there.
We all have different ideas about success. We achieve it at different times in different ways. Now, if you've recently changed jobs or are considering retirement, you're probably thinking about your own version of success and striving to reach your goals. Maybe it's time to start thinking about your investment portfolios and retirement accounts. Retirement is a huge step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes, and you shouldn't have to do it alone. For over 130 years, Stiefel Financial Advisors have helped clients like you create personalized retirement plans, understand the many options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. And that's just the beginning. As a client, you'll have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, enabling you to make informed decisions regarding your hard-earned wealth. Invest in your success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at stiefel.com. Once again, that's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts